Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that there are many things that tangle up our minds, thoughts that get in the way, desires that get in the way, things that want to hush your voice. And Lord, we confess and we repent of our participation in, in that hindrance and drowning out your voice. We ask that at this time that you clear away all of those things, all of those things that just suppress what you have to say to us when you speak to our hearts. We ask that this morning that what is spoken by you will be heard by us, that you will open our ears, you will open our eyes, you will open our hearts to receive your truth. And as the words that are read from this ancient psalm As they are read, Lord, we ask that your love, your grace, and your truth will be proclaimed in the reading and in the hearing of it. We ask that you bless this time that we have in your presence and in the presence of each other. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As I was saying to the kids earlier, one of the things that uh, happens uh, this time of year is the music changes. We start singing to express our joy or our happiness or merriment or whatever you want to call it. Um, we all have favorite Christmas songs, at least, I hope, uh, songs that we, we pull out just certain times of year. Christmas music is kind of funny if you think about it. Throughout the year, we have, you know... Other songs that we hear, that play on the radio, that we listen to, and it just stays consistent through the, the mid to late winter, through the spring, through the summer, and in the early part of the fall, and then something changes. All of a sudden, in the fall, especially right after Thanksgiving, the music changes, and we all start hearing these old familiar favorites again. And, uh, and if you're like me, they never really get old. Uh, everybody has their favorite ones. I know I certainly do. O Holy Night, uh, The First Noel, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And I want to say, I didn't realize until this morning, but Hark the Herald Angels Sing is uh, even better when you have a six-year-old child singing it right in your ear. Uh, it's, it's a very precious song. Uh, but we all have our favorites. I saw a, um, a, a, Chris, uh, a cartoon, a comic strip the other day. Um, an elderly couple sitting in church, and the man was holding up a sign for the choir to read. It said, sing, and he's sitting there next to his wife, 
And it says, please sing, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> and his wife's sitting there angrily looking at him, and she says, the choir doesn't take request, Harold. <laughs> but we all have our favorite songs for one reason or another. Hopefully that's not one of them, but we do have our favorites. And as we read through the Psalms during this Advent season, we are looking at Psalms that reflect the themes of Advent season. If you're familiar with them, they are hope, peace, joy, and love. And they've been demonstrated each week as we light the Advent wreath. The first week, the, sim- the, the candle symbolized hope. Last week, it was peace. And today, we lit the pink candle, which is different. I'm not really sure why it's pink, but the pink symbolizes joy. Joy is a funny thing. Joy is something that you can have without even realizing that you have it. You can be convinced that you don't have any joy in your life, but you do have it if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. If you are a true child of God, you have joy stamped on your heart forever. Now, I want to tell you two things about joy. It's kind of a good news, bad news thing, but they're, they're both true, and I want you to listen carefully. I'll give you the bad news first. The devil wants to take your joy away. The devil wants to take your joy away. But the good news is he can't take your joy away. It's not possible. So what does he do? He does what is in his mind the next best thing. He tries to make you think that you have no joy. He tries to make you unhappiness because, or unhappy because happiness and joy can often be confused for each other. You see, happiness is circumstantial. We can be deeply unhappy but still have joy. Joy and happiness are not to be confused. Earlier this week, uh, we were experiencing a, a frustrating, maybe irritating week in the Aiken household, and Claire and I went, uh, we went to Columbus with the kids, and we were doing some Christmas shopping for the families, and we were coming back, and I made the comment to her, I'm supposed to write a sermon on joy this week, <laughs> and I'm just not feeling joy right now. As we got home and things sort of settled down, the kids went to bed, I had some moments to reflect to meditate, and it occurred to me my joy had not gone anywhere. My joy was permanent. It is something stamped on my heart because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and as a believer, I trust in that promise of Emmanuel. God is with us. And that is what joy is. Joy does not go away, and even when we think that we are deeply unhappy, even when circumstances convince us that we have no joy, the truth is we do have joy, If we trust that God is always with us. Joy is a permanent assurance. A permanent reminder of God's presence, of God's love, and of God's providence. Now, I I said during the children's sermon, I had already asked Liam earlier this week, if he would still be excited about Christmas years from now. And he said, yes. And I asked these kids here this morning, would you, are you still going to be just as excited about Christmas years from now? They all said, yes. 
And the truth is, we all want to keep that excitement for as long as we can. But the reason I asked Liam that in the first place was because I was thinking about the excitement I had for Christmas as a child. And how that excitement has changed throughout the years. It's still there, but it looks different. That excitement is no longer about Christmas morning and presents and all this good food and all that. The excitement now is deeper because it's permanent. It's that assurance that God is with us, that he's never going to leave us. He's never going to betray us. He's never going to abandon us. Last week, we talked about peace. And we said that peace was being at harmony with our creator. And we said peace can be something that's in the past. We can remember a time we were at harmony with our creator. It can be a hope for the future. Lord, bring us peace again. And it can be a present reality, something that we are seeking right now. The same is true for joy. And that's what the psalmist was getting at here in Psalm 126. This was a psalm of ascents, meaning this was a psalm that the people sang when they were going up to the temple to worship. They were going up the hill toward the temple to worship. And they were saying that the Lord had restored our fortunes. We were like those who dream. Our shouts were shouts of joy. It's all past tense. And then halfway through the psalm, it changes. And the psalmist says... Restore our fortunes, O Lord. As if it's saying, restore us again, O Lord. Fill our hearts with joy again. Help us to shout for joy again. The joy is still there. But sometimes we're not shouting, are we? We're not shouting for joy all the time. Because even when the joy is there, maybe our circumstantial unhappiness is suppressing it. Our circumstantial unhappiness has got us convinced that we've lost our joy. And so our shouts of joy are mere whimpers, pathetic sighs, confessions that although still true, sometimes somehow have lost their meaning because of whatever else is going on in our lives. And so our prayer becomes, restore us. Bless us, O Lord. Bless us so that the joy that is there, that is always there, that is deep-seated within us, outweighs this circumstantial happiness or unhappiness that we are so tempted to believe our joy depends upon. Sometimes our shouts of joy are just whispers. Now, when we are joyful, when we are wanting to shout, what are some of the things we say? Amen? Hallelujah? This isn't really a Pentecostal church or even a Southern Baptist one, so we don't do that that much. But, but if you go in some churches, a preacher will get up there and say something that resonates with the people, and you'll hear somebody, Amen! Hallelujah! And it's a shout of joy. It's a proclamation that you have just said something that resonates with what's going on in my heart right now. And sometimes we have that. We have that bottled up. We have that deep-seated truth that just wants to burst out with a joyful hallelujah. But then sometimes that hallelujah is buried so deep we can barely get it out of our lips. Leonard Cohen was an American songwriter. One of his most famous songs, uh, or it was his most famous song, was called Hallelujah. And when he wrote it, he was writing about all the different circumstances that can induce 
someone to say hallelujah. And he was talking about the triumphant hallelujahs, the broken hallelujahs, the, the confused hallelujahs. And as he was writing it, he was just writing verse after verse after verse. He was in his hotel room. He wrote 80 verses. He said he was reduced to just babbling, and he was just beating his head on the floor, and he couldn't just stop writing one verse after another of hallelujah. But the song is beautiful, and it talks about how there's a holy hallelujah and there's a broken hallelujah. One of my favorite verses, he says, In the end, right or wrong, I'll stand before my Lord of song with nothing on my tongue but hallelujah. And sometimes he says, whether you heard it as a holy broken, a holy hallelujah or a broken hallelujah, it was always there. And that's joy. That's the proclamation of joy. And sometimes it can be triumphant. It can be holy. It can be exclaimed and proclaimed. And sometimes it can be broken. It can be from a place where we don't know what else to do, what else to say. Our circumstances are tragic. We are mired in grief, but somewhere deep within us is that truth, that deep-seated truth that just simply says, Hallelujah. The psalmist asks for the Lord to restore the fortunes. There is nothing wrong with asking God to bless you. Nothing at all. The psalmist is remembering, God, you blessed us before and we shouted with joy. Now we're going out into the fields and we're crying. We're shedding tears. We're weeping. But let it be that we are blessed so that when we go out in the fields and we're weeping, we come home shouting for joy. Remind us of that joy. Remind us of that assurance. Remind us of that promise that you are with us. Remind us of the joy that is always within us. And let everything else that is trying to convince us that we don't have it, let it fade away. So that our whimpers of joy, our whispers of joy, our sighs, our groans of joy can become once again shouts of joy. Proclamations of joy. You see, joy has been stamped on the heart of every believer. And in times of depression, in times of grief, in times of sorrow, we must remember that when all of that is stripped away, joy remains. It remains with us. One of my favorite songs, written by one of my favorite songwriters, Josh Garrels, he says, joy will come like a bird in the morning sun. And I love that image because it's so biblical. In the Bible, birds are always God's messengers. The dove brought uh, Noah on the ark, the olive branch, to show him that there was life, that there would be a new covenant between God and man. The dove descended on Jesus as he was being baptized as, as God's way of saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The ravens came to Elijah and fed him when he was starving in the wilderness. The birds are always messengers. I was sitting in my yard a few weeks ago, and the number could be off because there were so many of them, but I counted 29 cardinals landed down in the yard all around me. Now, I know in other cultures and traditions that there are, there's some significance to what a cardinal is supposed to mean. I don't, I don't know what all that, that means. But I know for me in that moment, it was an assurance that God was telling me that he was with me. The birds were God's messengers. And that's why I love that song and that line in the song. Joy will come like a bird in the morning sun. Just as sure as we have joy, 
God will make you aware of it. God will send you that sign, that assurance, because that's what joy is. It's a deep-seated assurance stamped on our hearts that he is with us. God is with us always and everywhere. That's what we mean when we say Emmanuel. Sometimes we forget that he's with us. Sometimes we can't see that he is with us. Sometimes we don't feel like he's with us, but the truth remains just as sure as joy remains for the believer, even when we can't see it or feel it. But there it is, a deep-seated truth, a permanent assurance. And sometimes our proclamations of joy will be only pathetic whimpers and groans, broken hallelujahs. But in those moments, we continue to pray. Lord, haste the day when we shout for joy once again. Let us pray. Lord, we do ask that you haste the day where we shout for joy once again. Please remind us that all of the things that convince us that we are unhappy, Lord, that they will just fade by comparison to that eternal promise that you've stamped on our hearts. The comfort of Emmanuel. The truth of Emmanuel, that you are with us. That you are living inside us, that you are moving and working all around us, and that you are trying to teach us and guide us and grow us, and you're doing it all in love because you care for us. You are the great provider. You are the great healer. You are the great restorer. So, Lord, restore us. Bless us once again so that the joy that is inside us will bubble up and we can't help but proclaim it. Help us to once again shout for joy during this Advent season. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning comes from the United Methodist Hymnal. It's hymn number 246, Joy to the World. If you've made a decision of any type today, I invite you, I encourage you to come forward and share that with us as a congregation. Uh, As a reminder, the altar is always open for anyone who wishes to spend some time here in prayer. But please stand if you are able and join us in singing. Hymn number 246.